movies in 4K. Good evening, or maybe day. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And you're listening to Movies in 4K, a bonus episode. Bonus, bonus, bonus. <laughs> yes, a beginning of the week extra show. And this goes out to Jamie from Georgia. He or she, because <laughs> Jamie's one of them names. Yeah, I know. That stated he's had 4K since it came out, but he is scared to buy discs so yeah. because they're so expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's completely valid, and especially because we have seen that some of them are like, eh. Yes, so his pick is, I would assume, one of his favorite movies, and he's had it in his cart also. I think this is the <laughs> third one, and... He's afraid to take the plunge to buy it, and he wanted our opinion if this 4K disc is worthy. Yes, and it is. Braveheart. And before we start, I just want to let you know out there, if you have your own request, suggestion, or recommendation, you need to get to BillShetty.com and leave it on the guest book because we will dedicate the episode to you and for your movie. And we will review it. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what type of movie it is, we will cover it. We're going back way to 1995 with Braveheart. This bad boy runs almost three hours. It's listed in four genres. Biography, drama, history, war. <laughs> Here we go again with the biography and history. I think we got to add that genre. But for now, drama and war we're going to pick out. And to let Phantom know, I think we should on biography and history. There are just so yeah, many. <laughs> it just seems like there's a lot and people might search for a biography or history. But for right now, we're going to stick with the main genres. So drama war, does that work for you? Yeah. All right. Who directed this film? Mel Gibson. Who stars in this film? I know. Mel Gibson. <laughs> we have Mel Gibson, uh, Sophie Marceau. There's Brian Cox also. Patrick McGuhan. Um, Tommy Flanagan I saw yeah, not many people Brendan I Gleason. personally have ever seen well I have seen many of them and another movie I've never seen also oh yeah that's right this is your first time watching this yeah I'll tell you what back in this time period in the 90s I was not into these type of movies at all I was never into history movies yeah during my older age I appreciate them more. And I especially don't like gladiator type stuff and sword fighting stuff. Oh, and... I have always loved okay, it. So that so... means you've never watched Gladiator? Nope. Ooh. I've seen clips of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah I just don't like that going back in awesome. time. But me being 50 now, you know, I am more interested in this. And this is a true story. So well. that fascinated me more. <laughs> 
Yes, Phantom. I mean, you're making fun of it. It's based on a real guy. Yes, and there's things elaborated on. I'm sure yeah. stuff added, but the yes. whole premise is there. I never yes. knew this story. I'm not a historian. Yes, that is true. Well, you don't re- have to be a historian. Well, I don't even remember taking classes in history class because oh I was God. sleeping during it. <laughs> so get to that synopsis on IMDb. Scottish warrior William Wallace leads his countrymen in a rebellion to free his homeland from the tyranny of King Edward I of England. All right, this movie starts out with William being 10, 11, 12, somewhere around Mm -hmm. that. He's a kid, and his father goes off to fight. They don't show it, and he ends up passing away. And his brother as well. Yes. So his uncle rides in someone he never met and took him away to his clan because mm-hmm. there's different factions clans clans you know that live in certain mountainous areas in scotland yeah and the uncle is brian cox who has been in a lot of stuff and i really like that guy yeah and i'll say this is a good 30 minutes right off the bat we're covering it quick because there's not really much to talk about yeah i mean you can see there's foreshadowing that he will be uh, an instructed person because I, I really wish we could have seen more of the uncle because I really liked him. But yeah, well, the uncle describes you got to use your mind first mm-hmm. over fighting. Yes. But he said he will teach him that. Uh-huh. And this begins in the year 1280. Then I'm going to assume it jumps maybe 20 years i mean mel gibson is too old for this part but i'm gonna assume somewhere around the early 1300s yeah they said on imdb that he should have been in his 20s which makes sense i mean the girl before 1300 yeah there's a little girl that when he's a little boy she gives him a flower at the funeral at the funeral of his father and brother and then later on they, I mean, years later, they get together. And you can assume going by the ages when they used to get married and everything, she was young, like 20 maybe. So then he must have been like five years older. So from here, we jump up, like Phantom said, and he's an adult and he's wooing this girl. He comes back to his place where he's from i don't know he doesn't live there though he's like traveling to see her basically he's no still, he, well yes you're right uh-huh yes he's still off on his faction where his uncle was but he comes back to this girl mm-hmm. that he knows who it is and he's wooed by her and he you know they're Woos flirting in return <laughs> yeah but he definitely wants to come back and settle and he says it like he wants to be back because he belongs there and everything in the meantime this king in england decides that i want to put this right lady phantom they've had fights going on all these years yeah forever the english and scottish uh-huh And instead of continuing to fight, he comes up with this ancient thing, Mm -hmm. which is called... Prima Nocta. Which means he will decide... Now, how do we want to put this, Phantom? 
the thing is that he needs the English lords to rally behind him. So they can like really take control of the clans and everything right he does so, want to stop fighting though because they're losing a lot of men too mm-hmm. and it's like oh we're not going to gain control over this land so what's the next best thing to do is to turn <laughs> them the bear english children yeah i mean that and like that gives the lords, the English lords. I don't know a how chance. only a man could come up with this prima nocta thing because yes, I just mean, because you're the first person to sleep with your wife doesn't mean you're getting pregnant. No, but it's not about that. He just wants. I mean, yes, of course, it could be also about that. But well, that's, that's what just, he states. He yeah, wants. Yeah, but that to, is. I think personally, that's just a side effect. What he wants is to. I think go for men's primeval instinct, you know, and have them say, you know what, you rally behind me, you are okay with me, and you get to have sex with the first wives of all those people that you don't really care about. Right. And the English is stationed in Scotland in these factions. Uh huh. Yeah, they are the lords of the land, which is. Like, well, that's the way it was. And even though the Scottish does have kings. Yeah. But they are working with them, sort of? Yeah. I mean, it's they have princes and, and they have someone who is meant to be the king, but they cannot because they are ruled by England. So, so it comes the time when something happens to his wife they actually secretly marry because they don't want to take part of this mm-hmm. because before this you see what happens yes. they do show one case evidence of the english taking a newly wed woman mm-hmm. and they take her away and any other leaders can have sex with her so they do this in secret and it comes a time where the lords, the rulers of England, they get a sense that something's going on. Yeah, and with him, like for some reason, they get a whiff that this William Wallace person is someone to be afraid of or, or cautious. Right, of. and the point of this is too, is up until this point, William Wallace was not a fighter. He never wanted to be a fighter. He just wanted to own land and have kids yeah like have a family and be happy ever he after. has yes. never fought before he's actually summoned by some of the scottish to take part because they know who his father and his uncle but he says no so he's just a casual down-to-earth guy basically just going through life yeah you know not really paying attention to much he's got his own things in mind but it comes a time when something happens to his wife. And this movie's sort of like a revenge tale to me. Like death sentence. <laughs> no, I, like, well, I mean, yes, it's set back. It's sword fighting and it's rulers and stuff. But if you take all that out of it, he wants revenge. Yes, he is tired of their women doing this and he wants freedom, no doubt and it becomes more prevalent but in the beginning stages it's like vitriol it's like revenge like oh yeah i mean i think that is the way it begins 
But at some point, it just stops being that. I mean, the English are so possessed with the idea that we have to squash these insects and everything. And there comes a point where he goes like, no, we want to be free and we are going to be free. And that's it. Like at some point, it, I mean, he gets thrust into battle because of no, the revenge he don't get thing. Thrust. I he think actually so. takes charge and leads his men in a brigade. I know, but that is all about the freedom part. It begins as revenge, but. Yeah, but it, that he ends knows very quickly. that he can't do anything himself. He needs an army of people. And, and he, he rallies does, them together, yes. And he does flip on a dime, per se, in this movie. Like, he's just a normal, everyday Joe in this time period. And once this happens, like, all his training and ability comes into play. And he starts making speeches and rallying people like a leader or a king does. Yeah. So what else would you like to talk? I mean, there's a lot of side plots here. We don't have uh to get into it. I mean, but quickly, the king is really worried because, I mean, he is a war master. Like he he knows strategy. He knows everything. I don't think he's worried in the beginning. And he is ruthless. Uh But at some point he begins to be worried because, I mean, you can see signs that he's sick. And then he has this guy who is his son, who is as gay as they come. And he actually has a lover. Of course, they don't spell it out for you, but it's pretty obvious. And he marries this son away to the French princess played by Sophie Marceau. But I mean, the, the guy, the, the son, he wants nothing to do with war and everything. But this, But the king starts to see that he doesn't have a much time left because he is sick. And he wants to squash this rebellion once and for all. But he wasn't worried up front. I well, mean, no, not up front. He's got such a large army, and they've ruled this area before. And the funny thing about this is there becomes this, uh, <laughs> how do I want to put this, folklore with the William Wallace, like, Word gets around this guy's seven foot tall. He's an ultimate warrior and everything because he's taken charge and actually defeating certain factions of the English. Yeah. And fun fact, according to IMDb, what I read, William Wallace was actually very tall, like six, seven. So like he, he was tall, but he was not seven feet tall and, 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 and. It's right, funny. there's just rumors that travel. Remember, this is no yeah. internet days. This I mean, is this people living out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, traveling by pony and a little note given to who's ever the leader yeah, there. Yeah, mouth-to-mouth things. And, of course, if there's this guy who is willing to go against the English, he has to be larger than life, right? He has to be a mountain of a man and, like, squash people with his bare hands and stuff like that. Right. So we get a lot of battles in this. We see that uh, Mel Gibson and his comrades, his main counterparts there, which one is an Irish guy who I thought was brilliant. Oh, in yes, this. he was great. He wants to fight and defeat the English. He just wants to kill English people. And he's got some comedy lines in it, but it was very interesting. And you have his right-hand man, this Gleason guy, Mm -hmm. who looks like Jack Bunyan. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a fierce warrior, too. Like, there's three or four, and then the older gentleman. Yeah. um, 
there's like four or five really fierce warriors and they're all banned and a lot of horse battles and swords and things like this. But he does come to defeat and kick them out of the area in Scotland. Now, for the most part, you would think the movie would be over. Mel Gibson's character, William Wallace, he is tired of it. He wants freedom, complete freedom from the English. He wants to take the fight into England. Yeah. And this is a good 30-minute segment of seeing, like, the kings and stuff of Scotland and, you know, talking and stuff like this. This is really the only downtime except the prelude to the movie. Yeah. Because this is where he's got to rally the people together. Yes. To get them to march into England to take the fight to them and because they want freedom. And, you know, he is coercing also the other countrymen to go along with him mm-hmm. because a lot of them are hesitant. Yeah. Except the main five people. Yeah, they want, like those main, let, let's say noblemen in Scotland, they pretty much want to be like the rulers of their land and be left alone and they have no trust in this person and they are fighting amongst themselves because they want to be the king but there's this one prince that by the way conflicted yeah he was and so forth by the way and um Yes, he is conflicted and he wants to do the right thing. But his father, I think he suffers from from leprosy, maybe something like that, the father. And he is also a ruthless person. And he is conflicted with him because he wants to do the right thing. But his father, he just says, you have to make a deal with England because you need to be the king, and that's to that. To get land and take from the people, exactly. yes, like every other time in history. Exactly. Right. The kings and the leaders of these places take advantage of their own people just so they can have things and rule and have power and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else you want to cover with the story arc before we get into some technicals here? No, I think that's fine. We've said I mean, enough. you can see where this movie's going to come. No, not really. I'm going to change my mind. You're expecting, or I was expecting, like some major battle with this king in England. And there is a part where something like that happens, but it's not William Wallace against the leader. I saw that coming like he was going to take on the leader, but that didn't happen. But he is dying. He's getting sicker and sicker. There's a little side plot with this prince, princess, right? Well, there's a prince and a princess, so. Well, the princess, he starts having feelings for her. Yeah. And he's opening her eyes. Yeah, she decides because she can see how horrible her father-in-law is. And she decides to give them as much or as little help as she can to this Wallace and his She looked like Princess Leia to me. Well, it was the 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 hairdo, the the way they did her hair, but like she was, well, I suppose she is still beautiful. Yeah, that's a side plot. Like I said, there's several side plots going on here. So, I think we covered the story well enough. We don't want to give too much away if you 
have never seen this mm-hmm. but you do learn some things how accurate it is who ever know this thing happened 800 years ago yeah actually like they're according again to what i read this guy like the guy that wrote the story his his last name is also wallace who knows if they are rip i don't know i mean maybe they are related who knows but yeah, I mean, he is, he is a Scotsman. He is Scottish and he went to Scotland to find out about his origins and he got it, like submerged into this William Wallace thing and he started to research. So Yes, but we'll maybe. never know how accurate any of this okay, stuff is. Okay, let me finish. It's being handed down just like all the rumors that started in the m- middle of this movie. Okay, he obviously, because this happened so long ago and there were not many like written recounts, actually. He had to base himself on, as you said, the tradition, mouth-and-mouth tradition, and on a poem or a song somewhere. So, yes, as much as this is based on a person who was William Wallace and is a historical person, the amount of uh, poetic liberty in this movie is humongous. Like, there there were many things in this movie that never happened like the princess for example she arrived in the place in scotland at a time where i think wallace and the king were both dead so i mean there were a lot of things that they mentioned in this movie that didn't really happen like the, yes the, all the, the, they the, wanted the, to make a full-fledged movie because exactly. you could drop a lot of this and get this movie down to two hours really yeah <laughs> yes 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 I mean, but it's more dramatic to have ooh, that's scandalous to have the princess get with this guy but anyway let's get off the story let's leave it to them we described it enough okay i was shocked because the phantom said how gory this movie was and i think it's very little gore in this they do well, show some things there's some wounds but nothing like i was expecting no but the, i think it's twofold here on the one hand, we have to put ourselves in 1995. Like back then, this was one of the gorier movies that had been made. Like I don't think Pri- Saving Private Ryan was there yet. You're saying war movies. Yes. Yes, of course. And this movie does show a lot of stuff. But I, for some reason, I do think... This is toned down from when I first saw it because I do remember watching like little pieces on TV and not being able to to watch for long because it was really, really gory, especially in one part when someone gets tortured and I just didn't see it here and I was actually perplexed. All right. Well, this is not, it is rated R, but I would say a mild R really like they show bows and arrows going into people they show some wounds but in today's time it's pretty mild oh yeah so i don't see it being a problem for most if you don't like gore or stuff like that it really doesn't affect you and here's one of my problems with this movie it has a lot of quick cuts the action scenes are very shaky in this the camera is moving wildly i would say yes a lot of times you're not even knowing what's going on you just see 30 men fighting with swords and the edits are so quick and the camera's moving so quick 
and they don't really focus on that stuff mm-hmm. on the actual hand-to-hand combat they do a couple scenes yeah and you with see the gleason character times, yes. a couple times he's holding an axe you'll see him fight a couple people and um, mel gibson a few times but there's like a part here where there's a knight on a horse with a sword um not a sword like one of those vault things aren't they called swords you know like knight in knight's days they got the long javelins or they javelins and he's a spear spear. he's coming after um mel gibson who's just running or no he's on a horse excuse Uh me a lot of horse battles here too not to get off the sidetrack where they're flipping and turning over and stuff and you're really not making out that stuff either but this one scene where the javelin's coming at him and he's on the horse it was so poorly done in my opinion like you're like he's running the horse is running the sword who knows where the sword went then the next scene's a quick edit and him tumbling yes i think this movie was like mel gibson's training for much of what he has done afterwards now this has won five oscars so (laughs) yeah i mean because i don't like it don't mean or i'm criticizing don't mean it was good to other people but yeah and yes yeah i I, i'm sure i remember lots more things actually happening on screen but i i don't know maybe that's just me who knows but you're right like a lot of quick cuts and like you want to see more of what is happening well i think even nowadays we do because we're so prone (laughs) to seeing these violent acts during this type stuff yeah and it's really not here like i can remember one mildly gory wound or something but most things are like uh, like you gotta portray them in your head because they're not showing them yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they'll swing axes but won't show the axe going in and it cuts away and then you might see a brief aftermath of a handoff or something yes also lots of horse casualties yes and that i i have to say was done so well because like every horse that you see injured or that something horrible is happening to it is a fake horse a mechanical horse and they look so real like all the the horse action was done really well all right the sound i like the soundtrack in it i just personally like the music yes now they do use the the late motif which is the like the typical repeating uh, theme in a movie that one to me at some point it did get tiresome because they played it all the time it didn't bother me because i liked it um acting i think honestly the irish guy he made it interesting because it's a long drawn out movie there is a lot of battles there's not much downtime in this if you like watching action movies um and the king i thought the the king King of england was really impressive yes patrick mcgoohan is his name i think wow he, he he was amazing. Like, you hate the guy. And I did like <laughs> the princess, too. And I liked his wife, too. Yeah, actually. She wasn't in it much, but he does see her visions throughout, which I liked in this movie. 
Yes, actually, I think all the acting in general was very. Well, it's a solid movie. It is a solid. But I movie. mean, who stood out to me is what I'm pointing. Ah, well, who, yeah. Who took it to another level? Those were mine. Yeah, to me also the the one that plays the Irish guy, uh, Brendan Gleeson, the King, um, Sophie Marceau also. Did you like the guy that was in Saw, the yes. one that's ruling Scotland, yes. or who's going to take over as king in Scotland? I really liked him. Like I could, I could really see the conflict in his eyes. Yeah, there was a shocking face. part in this. There's a little twist in this that yeah. I didn't have no idea see coming. And actually, yeah, in that little part that you're mentioning, I also liked Mel Gibson's acting in that little part. Like you could see all the feelings that he was having in that moment reflected on his face. And it was really, really good to see. Like, all the acting is very solid, definitely. All right, cinematography? Great. I mean, actually, I don't think it's a movie that stood out to me for its cinematography, but it's There is a good. lot of vast landscapes yes. and castles and things like that. Yes. Um, makeup? Excellent costuming excellent i think makeup and the the costumes and everything it they were very were they well done. accurate to the time period i suppose well you're just guessing <laughs> yeah i mean we're talking medieval times there well so. you've seen a lot of movies from this time so well not as many as you would think but i i think it looked good all right yeah. i'm ready you ready yeah go on to me well, I've, I've never been a big fan of this movie. Like, it's not a movie that I will watch over and over again. But I like it. I think it is a very solid movie. I think it deserves a 7 out of 10. And, I mean, if it's your cup of tea and you love it, buy it. If not, it's one movie that you definitely need to see at least once. <laughs> and another thing that bothered me in this movie was Mel Gibson's hair. I don't know. Oh, my God, it yes. It just bothered me so much. I mean, you couldn't get past it to me. It's just there and it just, because we all know Mel Gibson so well. It's not yes. like it's this unknown actor like this Gleason guy who I'd never seen, where if I seen him without the big burly beard and, you know, a wide stance and stuff. Like, I probably would never re recognize that But actually, guy. his wig was better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson's wig was could better. Because be we, he's not a popular star. We well, haven't seen him in a hundred movies. Speak for yourself. I've seen him in countless things. A hundred movies? Well, not a hundred, but many. Well, everybody's seen Mel Gibson. Anyway, the hair bothered me. No, yes. For me... Yes. I'm glad I seen it later in life because I would not have liked this movie back in the day. So I was more fascinated with the true story angle of it. I wanted to know what happened in England and Scotland at this time. So I did learn a lot, no doubt about it. But as a movie on a whole, it's way too long. And even though there's action, the action wasn't filmed to my standards I mean, this was a huge budget movie, and I think they could have did way better. So I'm going to go with a six, and I say just rent it. If you don't know the story or you've never seen it, I think without a doubt you need to see it once. Yes. It tells this story of history between these two countries, and you can't go wrong, so let's move it on. 
All right, Jamie, so this is what you wanted to know, whether this 4K disc is worth it. Now, this is an older movie. We're going back 25 years. years. So I was expecting heavy grain, Jamie, and we don't get it. We get DNR used, which I was very impressed with. Yes. It's not overly used. There's some soft scenes in it, but primarily... The grain is minimal at best, and mm-hmm. there's some scenes you'll never notice it. It's like 50, it's not distracting at all. I'll oh, say no. that. And no scene. Even these really wide angles with low light where you really start to see it come through or smoke, because there is smoke in this uh-huh. movie. Yeah. Done very well. I was so happy that they used the digital noise reduction because it doesn't take away anything from this movie. Like I said, you noticed a little softness. There's some scenes that weren't super crisp like a current movie, but it worked. It was enjoyable, Phantom. What did you think? Same. I mean, I saw the grain that I saw because I was actively looking for it. But many times I completely forgot about it because it's really like it's not intrusive at all. And Jamie had said he has the Blu-ray and he was disappointed with it. So he didn't state why. So hopefully you can deduce, Jamie, what we're saying, comparing the Blu-ray with what we've seen. But there is no grain, basically. It's so minimal, you won't Mm -hmm. notice it. Now, we did watch it on both formats, too, which is a plus. We watched it in Dolby Vision and HDR10. They both look very good. Yep. There is some popping. It's very mild in this. There's a fire scene that happens about an hour in. It looked incredible. Faces look very good. They don't have the richness and punch of a well-produced disc with a lot of contrast. But for the browns and dark greens and hues, it looked good, Phantom. Like, uh... You know, it's not a premium disc, no. but it looks good, and I'm almost sure it looks a lot better than a Blu-ray. Probably. Probably. I personally didn't see pretty much any popping at all, except for maybe one scene when someone is wearing something that is red and blue, and and those colors like really jumped at me, but that was pretty much it. And what is a huge positive on this disc is you get no judder. When, you know, you got the fast camera angles, Phantom, and you get a little blurriness going Uh by. Yes. Which there is so many fast camera angles in this. And a lot of these discs can't keep up. And this is another fun fact for you out there, too. You might get it on a streaming version, but the disc has higher bit rate where you won't get that or it improves. Here, there was no judder. There was no haloing. It was well produced. It just doesn't have the massive HDR and it don't have no incredible wide color gamut either. But there is a lot of gradations of grays, blacks and greens and browns. Yeah, the thing is that what you have to take into consideration here is that, I mean, this movie was filmed in Ireland, I think, and it's just the colors of the land. You know, you get a lot of greens, but not a wide variety. You get a lot, as you said, a lot of browns and everything, but they are they are very neutral colors mm-hmm. in general. 
You right. don't get a lot of popping. You do see at some point like blue, you know, in the eyes or something. Oh, I, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Boy, the shine in Gibson's eyes and the girl in the beginning. Like you were taken back looking at it. Like, oh, my God. It, they were so piercing. Yeah. Like, I'll bet you that was HDR and no specific eye sockets. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it looks cool. It stood to me. And one scene, I think he tells her that he will love her all his life. And the shine in his eyes in that moment. I mean, wow. Yes, wow. I did notice the eyes throughout all when they super went up. There's not many super blow up close ups in this movie. No, either. there aren't and many. To be honest, Phantom, I think this is one I wouldn't want completely blown out because it would take away this atmosphere. Probably, yeah. exactly what this landscape looks like. Now, there was a couple day scenes of him up on the mountains overlooking things that look good. Yeah. It doesn't look like the current prop of digital movies. No. But it's very filmic without the grain, so I'm on board with that. Yes, I did expect at some point to see Mel Gibson's eyes a little more blue than I saw them because I mean that guy has there just wasn't really enough blue light eyes, but phantom in this. But movie. yeah, exactly. I'm and and well, okay, that's that's the way it is, right? But then also, you know, there are many uh, scenes in this movie that are iconic in which these warriors paint themselves with blue. And that blue does look really richly blue. I, I did yes, like it that. it doesn't pop. It doesn't pop. But, but it's very apparent. You can see apparent. their blemishes and their face behind the mask. Yeah, or you behind can the see. Paint. It looked very good. The textures were here. Yeah, you could see that texture that paint has once it's dried. Mm -hmm. And that looked very, very good. Yes, and these are all mainly wide-angle shots, too. Yeah. Like, there's none, like, right up on you. Very few. All right, sound is a Dolby Atmos track, but not used, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. There's a surround. It's, it surrounds there's you. There's not as much surround in this, either, that I would like, too, because we had this one really crank loud. The bass was the type of bass I really don't like too it wasn't like punchy bass it's that low rumbling bass yeah and especially that was not like accurate to that what was happening yeah but at the same time like you, there there are many scenes in which you have either horses running or people running or something and, and you do feel the the yes you know when this thumping. is happening which is fine you know but yeah that like overhead speakers i didn't really notice them. i didn't hear them once mm-hmm I didn't hear the surrounds that often either. Just like when a horse was going by, you'd hear it go by the left or something real quick. But that's it. Uh huh. Yes. So this, I mean, it sounded good. I thought the bass was too muddy. That was my problem with the bass. All right, what special features we got on the disc? Okay, we have actually three discs in this movie. You have in the 4K, you just have the movie and a commentary by Mel Gibson. On the disc two, you have commentary by Mel Gibson and Braveheart timelines. And you also have the film. And then on the third Blu-ray, we have Battlefields of the Scottish Rebellion, Braveheart, A Look Back, Smithfield, Medieval Killing Fields, Tales of William Wallace, and A Writer's Journey. 
All right, here's the time. All right, Jamie, and everybody else out there interested in Braveheart, I'm going to go right down the middle. This is a C. It's better than I expected by far. I was expecting a lot of green in this movie. There's a lot that this disc doesn't have that it could have. But I think for what it is, it works. So what I'm going to say to you, Jamie, is if this is one of your favorite movies, and which I think it is, or one that you already have on Blu-ray, is it worth the upgrade over that? With all the special features and the minimization of the grain and the more detail you're going to get, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to put it at worthy, but barely worthy. I think it's only worth it to the people that really enjoy this movie and are going to rewatch it. So what do you got, Phantom? Exactly the same. Just from the, in the middle, a C. And I mean, if you're disappointed with the Blu-ray, it must be for a reason. And this yes, will I probably wish you look let better. Us know. If you can leave us a comment why you was disappointed with the Blu-ray, I think you can deduce by what we said how the 4K was if, you know, that's an uptick over the Blu-ray. Yeah, and if, like, depending on what you think, of course, I think it's worth of the upgrade. Yeah, and Jamie, if you want to let us know what your problem was with the Blu-ray, we'll just get on uh, BillShetty.com on the guest book and just answer you straight out, too, Mm -hmm. if you're still in a quandary. Because this isn't black or white, this one. It's right in the middle, And it depends, you know, what you're looking at, what, I mean, it's a good disc. It looks great. This could have been a Bram Stoker's Dracula disc. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, it's actually very, very decent. Yes. I mean, it's, I'll say this and we don't like to say it. I think you ain't going to get a better look to this film, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is tamped down. It is soft at times, but it's detailed. It's clear. And you lose nothing. There's a lot of dark scenes down in stuff and what are they called? Castles or <laughs> houses, wherever they're living, what they're called back in the day. Especially with the king when he's talking with the sun. It's all, you know, candlelit, very dark. You don't miss nothing. You see all the costumes and clothes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not colorful and it shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, th- as you said, the if if it were really colorful, it would take away from the realism. Yeah, it would take. Yes, it would hurt this one. So that's why I can't penalize that much for this one. Yep. So that's that. Do you want Lady Phantom or Bill Shetty to review a 4K movie for you like this? Get over to that guest book on BillShetty.com and leave your request or recommendation or suggestion. If you got a disc that you know is outstanding, we want to know about it. So get your voice out on our show. We are out of here, Lady Phantom. Another bonus down. Yeah. I'm really glad we did this movie. Yes, I I am too. Even these movies that I 
particularly would never watch i'm enjoying watching them like i did enjoy watching this movie it's a good movie yes it is so thank you jamie and all other listeners out there we'll catch you on the next movies in 4k